spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday, man. So, Arizona has 110 prisoners on death row. Now, last year we carried out three executions, but there was an eight-year hiatus. Uh, there was some criticism of a 2014 execution that some say was botched. All right. So where do we stand? Last year we had three executions and, and three happened and, and there are three that were carried out. Uh, in early April, so April 6th, Chad, a man is supposed to be executed. His name is Aaron Gunches. Uh, he uh, killed. Scumbag. Yeah, absolutely. That's why he's on death row. Uh, he was convicted for the 2002 murder of Ted Price. Okay. Now, Aaron Gunches on death row is set to be executed, uh, as I said, April 6th. But we've got a pause. And it came from our new governor and our new AG. Now, our new AG, who we spoke to, Chris May, said, listen, I'm not against the death penalty. But I want to make sure that we're we're doing it right. Which I completely understand. Okay, that's okay. Let's make sure we're doing it right. But we've done three of them, and they seem to be done right. Okay. We've had no complaints from the prisoners. Well, they're dead. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not going to get a complaint. Uh, we had the Maricopa County attorney on, and she witnessed one of the executions last year. And said, listen, I watched it. Everything went well. I don't know why we're pausing these things. We have the governor of Arizona uh, has, has said, listen, we're not going to, we're not, I'm not, I have no intention of carrying this execution out. All right. Even though the courts have say, uh, we've issued the warrant, you will be carrying this out. And she's like, no. Right. So Ted Price was killed by Aaron Gunches in 2001. The sister of Ted Price joins us on the line. Karen, Karen Price on KTAR. Karen, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Got to tell you, you're a brave, brave person for coming on. I'm sure this is very tough to talk about with your brother, with the situation in Arizona. You know, finally, this guy was going to get wiped off the face of the earth. And now you've got to wait a little bit. Um, So, you know, what are what are your feelings towards what's happening with the governor, with the AG? This must be terribly, terribly difficult for you and your family. Yeah, it, it's actually very frustrating. And, and some of the misconceptions is, is that the governor has said that she's pausing executions. But in the case of Gunches, she hasn't paused the execution because that would infer that there's some date on which she intends to execute him. And that has not occurred. Okay. So uh, in your mind, she's just flat out stopping executions. So what she did was vow that under her administration, an execution would not occur until she had confidence that the state was not violating the law. But ironically, in ensuring that one law was not violated, she effectively is violating another law. So I think you guys know this. state attempted to withdraw their original motion after A.G. Mays took over and the governor commissioned the death penalty study. And had the court granted the AG's request to withdraw that motion, I wouldn't have filed this petition. But hmm. they didn't deny it. They actually supported it, and they issued the warrant of execution. And our expectation was the state would comply with that. So we were shocked when Hobbs just unilaterally said, I'm not going to execute this man. And her statement essentially grants a reprieve. Because they're not telling us when he will be executed, but she doesn't have that authority. 
unless the Board of Clemency recommends it, and they haven't even met yet. Let me ask you a question. We're talking to Karen Price, her brother, Ted Price, who was killed by Aaron Gunches in 2002. It's been over two decades. If if they put a we're we're pausing this for one year, but here is the next execution date. Would this change the way that that maybe you feel you feel at this moment and the way that this is going on? Is it because there is no other date after this? Yeah, I mean, for me, we just want to see the state faithfully follow their own laws. And they're not doing that right now. You know, when when Ted was originally killed and Gunches was arrested for his murder, he was sentenced to death by a jury of his peers, and the Supreme Court overturned that decision. So in 2013, we had to go back to court a second time, and another jury convicted him again of the death penalty and throughout all of that process which is agonizing for the family and encompassed you know from 2008 all the way through 2016 before the supreme court affirmed it we waited patiently we dealt with the laws we dealt with the courts. we understood that due process is a long process and we were patient But again, the reason for this petition is not because I'm super anxious to see this man be executed. It's because the state issued a motion, the Supreme Court granted it, and now they're not doing it. Right. But this is as personal as it gets. This is a man who killed your brother, and you've got the governor of of the state that you live in. Uh, putting a pause, however you want to say it, not 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 following through the execution. It you you've lit you and your family have lived a nightmare, and is it like the nightmare has been extended? Oh, absolutely. You know, my mother's eighty-one years old, and we've often wondered if she was going to be around to see the sentence carried out. Ted's kids, Brittany and Justin, they've lived more of their lives without their dad than they did with him. He didn't go to graduation. He didn't see his son join the Marine Corps. He didn't walk his daughter down the aisle. And his grandkids are never going to know him. You know, it's it's not the same if you, you know, lose your father to cancer or your sister to a heart attack, which I did. Because even though the murder is a single point in time, the aftermath continues until the final sentence is carried out. And that's what my family wants. Finality. Karen Price is joining us. Her brother Ted was killed by Aaron Gunches in 2002. Gunches is supposed to be executed April 6th. Uh, it doesn't look like that's necessarily going to happen. You you said it pretty well. It's like you're not you're not wanting another person to lose their life, and but he certainly does deserve to lose his life. What does it mean for you and your family to have an end to the tragedy? Will you be able to? You know, I don't want to say move on because your brother was killed. Would it be easier to move on? What would it mean if this man was put to death for your family on April 6th? What what would that mean to you guys? It's about not having to think about this man. You know, the whole legal process is one thing until the man gets convicted and then he goes to prison. And then every once in a while, you look up his prison record and you see what kind of a job he has because he gotten in trouble. It is a constant state of awareness of his presence. He's haunted you for and, years. Yeah. He's haunted you for years. He's still there. Absolutely. And, and he will absolutely continue to be a part of my life until he is no longer alive. Do you plan to go and watch it if it's carried out? 
Yes, I do. How are you? As gonna, does how, his daughter. His daughter will also be there. How do you think you'll feel on that day? You know, I've read um, actual witness accounts of family members who have gone to the executions. I'm actually in contact with um, family members of two of the gentlemen that were executed in 2022 just these most recent ones and and they went there and it's it's about being witnessed to this final carrying out of the sentence that was issued so long ago it's not about hoping that he suffers it's not about even being pleased that he no longer exists it's just you know put a pin in it yeah hey karen we're gonna we're gonna continue to put the pressure on the governor and the AG to do something about this. Uh, it's obvious we, we're on your side 100%. We think that this man should be, um, you know, should be executed. And the law should be followed. The law should be followed. And, you know, you know, we, we just wish the best for you. And it was really uh, wonderful to talk to you. And you're very brave for coming on and talking about this. And if there's something we can do, call us and, and we'll be there. Okay. Well, I absolutely appreciate your time, and I will say on the record, Colleen Clace is the person that is supporting my family in this, and without her, we would not be where we are right now. So All right. I thank her. Cool. Hey, Karen, thank you. Appreciate your time. All right. God bless. Uh, Karen Price, uh, her brother Ted, was killed by Aaron Gunches in 2002. Execution supposed to happen April 6th. It's not going to happen, it looks like. Uh, and just a nightmare. The guy has haunted this family for so long. I think the governor should take that into consideration. Um, I don't know why you're trying to protect a bunch of murderers. We're not and doing you're going anything to get wrong. Slow. It's funny, like she yeah. said, her whole thing is it's not going to happen under me because I don't want to break any laws. And all the while, she's breaking a law to break the law. I, I don't get it. We're not torturing anybody. Let's get going here. Yeah. All right. We'll continue to talk about it. Up next, Up next. Tom Horn's teacher snitch line. What Horn's a, horn. What a bust this thing is. Horn's horn. Yeah. Horn's horn. I like that. We'll talk about it next. The Gatos Chad Show. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right, let's give the update. KTAR.com, right side of the page, the big Q. Governor Katie Hobbs has vowed not to execute a death row inmate next month. Do you support the pause on executions in Arizona? Yes or no? 76% of you say no. I'll tell you, this is a very unpopular issue for the new governor. Uh, And if you just missed our interview... Um, with the sister of Ted Price. Ted Price was killed by this monster who's sitting in jail and should get the good night needle on the 6th of April, but it doesn't seem, well, it seems like our governor wants to protect the murderer. I don't get it. Um, Karen Price joined us. And listen, her family has been haunted by the death of, of her brother Ted for years. It happened in 2002. And finally, they were thinking, this year's the year. This guy who killed my brother is going to be wiped off the face of the planet. I don't have to think about him anymore. And then what happens? The rug gets pulled out from under her and the entire family, which just infuriates me. 
Yeah, it should be. And, and, you know, she continues to say, I don't want to break the law. I don't want to break the law under my under my watch. She didn't want this. She set out to do this. This was one of the things that she wanted to do. Was what are we talking about? The, the hops. Hops. Hops wanted to stop edu- executions from happening. She was trying to find an excuse. But this you're, is you're assuming going. that, and I'm thinking you're probably right. Yeah. Because what is the other? Ex- what's the other explanation? No, no, I, I, there is none. She's oh, not I giving don't... us one. She's not giving us one. And and it is. It's man. I'm tell you what. Frustrating and embarrassing. Uh, if you're if you're if frustrated, if you're the person who is in the family, they uh, Mrs. Price was telling us her mom, 81 years old, didn't doesn't think that she's going to live long enough to see this at the rate they're going. God, Hop sounds like she's she's doing everything she can to make sure it's it's sad and and in just a joke and embarrassing for Hobbs because she looks like you're breaking the law to break the law. Here's the here's the other part of it, though. She's not stupid. She has to know that. There's something in there that's going to allow her, I'm just guessing, to do this. Because if you're a politician, you don't just do something without at least checking it out. And Have thinking, you met politicians? I understand that, Chad. I know we make fun of politicians a lot, but I'm just saying, like, she's got to have... You can't just come out and say, "Okay, we're just not going to allow it." Someone or something. Someone has told her, "Listen, you've got you've got some some backing here because of A or B or C." I've got to believe that. I read a great article today that said her veto pen is raising money for her left, right, and center. Uh-huh. She. This is as much about politics as about doing right. This is that's what this is. This is all about politics. This is the way she feels. And you know what? Politicians do stuff. All the time, Gatos, where they'll go out knowing full well they have no legal leg to stand on, but they'll do it anyway because the look matters as much as the result. Uh, see, I would agree with that in most cases, but this one is almost too big, which makes me just think that Hobbs has something in her back pocket. I don't know what that is, but it's just too big to go out and say, listen, we're not going to execute anybody. It's just too big of a deal. So if, if that's she's the truth, too big of a figure. If that's the truth, then yeah. basically what she just said is everybody who votes... I'm able to do whatever I want if right. I don't like that vote. Which is so, garbage. Which is good. Well, yeah. So what she has, if that's true, then your vote means nothing if a governor wants to just override it. Yeah. All right. We'll keep on this story. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Gators and Chad Show podcast right now. iPhone, Android. You don't miss any of the action. Uh, all it is is uh, the Gatos and Chad Show uh, podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your house. Get guaranteed offers. Higherprice.com. I heard something in my ear. Who did the president pick to win? The University of Arizona. Oh, I wonder how they're doing. I don't know. Are you trying to tell me something? No, I just wonder. Because I, mean, I just I just said, because uh, I'm looking at my bracket and I haven't seen anything, but I know I lost my first two games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up at 3.30 on the nose, holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn's going to read the news. We're going to interrupt. Stick around. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR, on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com, and streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic, now. It's 3.30, and you know what that means. Time for us to hold up Becky Lynn's headlines, and man, oh man, do we have breaking news. KTAR, breaking news alert. This just in to the KTAR oh, News Center. Arizona, with a of Princeton growl their way into round two as they upset the number two seed Wildcats of Arizona. Oh, 
the Wildcats are out of the big dance already. University of Arizona lost their opening game at the tournament. The Wildcats lost 59-55 to 15th-seeded Princeton. Oh. Arizona was one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Once again, U of A lost their opening game of March Madness to 15th-seeded Princeton, 59-55. More on this breaking news coming up in less than 15 minutes. Get breaking news notifications right on your phone. Download the KTAR News app. And for more, go to KTAR.com. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Let me see if I got this straight. Please do. You're 28 and 6 for the year. You beat UCLA for the Pac 12 championship. You're rolling into the NCAA tournament and you crap the bed against a what? Was it a 13 or a 16th? No, they're 15. No, 15. 15. They were a 15 seed. 15, that's right, yes. Princeton was a 15 seed, and the Wildcats were a two seed. So they have that going for them. Princeton is going to, uh, it's the second round. First time they've done that since 1998. What a collapse. Man, fantastic. This is is a historic collapse. Losing in the first round to a 15 seed. Where did you have them, Gatos? Oh, I'd like to thank the President of the United States, Joe Biden, for jigsing us. He totally jigsed us. He picked them to go the whole way. So well, he I wasn't, copied. He I wasn't copied. the only one. Yeah, lots of people did. I'm so out. That's what happened. This is yep. unbelievable. Uh, I think Steve said that less than point zero two percent of brackets are still... Point one two percent. A tenth of a percent are still left. What did we say yesterday? It was 1 in 1.2 quadrillion chance of getting a perfect bracket. Uh, I've already lost three of my first four days. <laughs> Just think about it this way. The University of Arizona is out, but the other team in Arizona, ASU, is in. GCU? The other team, GCU, has no equipment. In. They don't even have shorts or, or sneakers to play in. They forgot it in Phoenix. But I'm okay with that. U of A out. Because oh they're trying gosh. hard. All right, we're holding up the headline. <laughs> KTAR News, eyes on education. Empower hotline for parents to call to report when they think their kids are being taught inappropriate lessons in school has been operating for just over a week now. How's it going? State Superintendent of Public Instruction Tom Horn says the Arizona Department of Education is investigating no more than half a dozen reports so far. I think as time goes on, you know, there'll be a lot more, but uh, we're just starting and it's not widely known yet that we have this hotline. In total, his office has gotten about 2,000 emails and 600 calls and voicemails through the Empower hotline. A majority at this point are crank calls, but we're not going to be dissuaded by that. We're just going to ignore them. Grisel, the Satino KTAR News. Gatos' fault. Chad's <laughs> fault. So this is not a joke. He's blaming us. Well, that happens. The I thought he was su- blaming Jim Sharp. That's what you said your well, name was on the call. I tried to, being juvenile, <laughs> as he put it, I tried to blame other people. So the superintendent of public instruction told our own Griselda Satino that pranks are coming in and he has blamed us. Going back to what you said about prank calling, um, so how big of a problem is this so far? Well, the biggest problem was uh, two of your own people on KTR prank calling us on the air, acting like juvenile delinquents. <laughs> we just ignore that stuff. Other than that, I mentioned it to you since you're in the same location that is the, as they are, so you, you have the opportunity to tell them to grow up. Now, I want to report that Griselda had a good oh, sit-down with us today and told you and I to grow up, and we decided not to. And that's not what she said. She I'm says, sorry. Chad, your Peter Pan-like quality makes me smile. <laughs> Keep going. We're holding up the headlines. New today. 
Mesa police say that all four teenage girls were wearing seatbelts when a car crashed last night, killing three of them. Detective Richard Encina says they still don't know why it happened. We checked speeding as a factor. Um, it was raining. So those kinds of things are all things we look at preliminary. But I just wanted to make it clear we don't have a specific cause at this time. The girl who did survive is still in the hospital. Uh, my one, this is such a tragedy. My one takeaway is that the ages of the of the girls were 14 to 17. It's awfully young. It's an awfully, you know, if you have a 17-year-old driver, it's tough to have other people in the car. I thought, is certainly it? not blaming anybody, but, you know, there are laws in Arizona and different states. Yeah, California. You're not allowed to have other kids in the car. Unless they're family members. Yeah, it's very, it's very tough. Not yeah. blaming anybody. I'm just saying that it's hard enough to drive when you're 16 or 17, but to have some other people in the car, it makes it a little bit tougher. Um, and, you know, I, I just... Yeah, I think that's the one thing we yeah, got to remember. Yeah, the age is, the you ages. know, it's always a tragedy. But when you hear about, you know, the life of, of youngsters taken, oh. uh, rain, you know, were they on their phones? It's all the things that, that, that people are going to be talking yeah. about and trying I, to investigate. I crashed a car at 16 because of rain. We've all done it. And I was able to walk away, luckily. And unfortunately, this was not the case here. Just a terrible tragedy. Uh, we're holding up the headlines as we do every day at 3.30. Becky Lynn reads the news. Uh, and we jump in and give you our opinion on the news. It's been three years since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, which means you might want to check the expiration date on all those hand sanitizers you might have bought. The shelf life on a typical bottle of hand sanitizer is two to three years, which is why the EPA is now warning those who stockpiled at the beginning of the pandemic to get rid of any outdated bottles. Just don't dump it down the drain. Sanitizer is about 60% alcohol and could lead to fires, even explosions, if it builds up in your pipes. Instead, the EPA recommends disposing of it at a hazardous waste drop-off location. Empty plastic bottles can be recycled. Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Yeah, I took uh, my hand sanitizers uh, and, uh, you know, some of them were outdated and uh, I threw them in that blue bin, you know, that the recycle bin? Well, it's supposed to be recycled, but it all goes to the same place. You so I figured just, that'd be fine. You know what? You have ruined my life. I haven't ruined your <laughs> life, Greta. If the landfill explodes, well, that will we'll be know you who to blame. are ruining my childhood. <laughs> I, I'm not green. I understand that, but. I didn't know what else to do. And by the way, I haven't used hand sanitizer in years. You've just given up. You've just like, give you the COVID as well. No, I I bathed in it in 2020. But other than that, you know, we got the vaccine and stuff. I stopped using that stuff. My hands, they're very soft. They're still dirty. Your hands are still dirty. (laughs) Hasn't picked up a thing in his life. That's why his hands are soft. a single hard day of work in (laughs) my life. That's the truth. All right. Holding up the headlines every day at 3.30. Becky Lynn reads the news. We interrupt, react to the day's top stories. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realties, higherprice.com. Oh, my goodness. The breaking news is massive. Fantastic. It looks, I mean, come on. President Joe Biden totally jinxed this state. He's worse at picking basketball than he is at the border. (laughs) We'll talk about that next. Uh, the breaking news, University of Arizona has lost to a pack of nerds. That's right. Princeton beats the Their agents beat their players. 
let's put this in perspective because all everybody's talking about today is March Madness and your brackets, and we're watching like six games happen at at the at, at one you know time. It's awesome. The Thursday and Friday games are fantastic. The U of A, all right they they went twenty eight and six for the season. They beat UCLA and were the Pac twelve champions. Now they lost. To a 15 seed. That's almost impossible. And by the way... But they're trying. They've done it twice. Oh, that's right. The University of Arizona is the first school ever to lose twice as a two seed to a 15 seed. And the first time they did it was in 1993 against Santa Clara. Anybody know what the Santa Clara nickname is? Anyone? The Broncos? Anyone? Anyone? Wise man? Find out, because I have no idea. Some Greek Broncos. Where are you getting the Broncos? Uh, Do you think that's right, or are you throwing it out there? No, I think it is. The Santa Clara Becky Lynns. <laughs> so that happened in 1993. So the U of A, a two seed. Santa Clara, a fifth seed. They crapped the bed that day. And today, in 2023, they lost to a pack of nerds from Princeton. Wise What's man. the name of the team? It's the Broncos. Hey! Oh, hey! Bucky the Bronco. Uh, who led that team again, guys? That was Steve Nash, 1993. Steve Nash, the wow. Canadian assassin. Wow. This is just... Uh, all right. Can we be quite honest about why this happened? Yes, we know why. Do uh, tell. Hayden Biden came out of Hayden and said, now that I've fixed the uh, border, let me tell you who's going <laughs> to win this. And everybody's like, oh, do tell. And he's all, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar, whatever old saying he was saying. Uh <laughs> It's going to be Arizona. Put all your money on it. Put all your shekels on it. They're going to win it. The U of A has won this thing already. Why are they even playing? They're easily going to roll past Princeton. And boy. Boy, did he mess he it up. Just, just a jinx. Well, who did boy. you have in the old bracket there? How's your bracket looking? I don't want to talk about it. Not looking good, is it? Can I tell you what's happened? Yes, please. Get my phone. Becky Lynn, you'll find some amusement here. Uh, I know nothing about college basketball. I've I've heard that before. I don't know yes. a single name. I have no idea. But you know what? I partake in it because it's fun. You throw five bucks or ten bucks down, and maybe you win a couple hundred bucks in the office pool. Well, I uh, I usually just copy some expert's bracket. I'm not above saying that. Or is it I'm not below saying that? I don't know. Whichever one. Anyway, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I just I just randomly pick somebody in sports at ESPN or whatever who's running the tournament CBS. Yeah. I just pick some guy, but I thought it'd be funny if I picked the president's exact oh. bracket because how funny would it be? Because he's good at this. If my bracket was the same as Biden's bracket, so that's what I did, and I've got University of Arizona in the championship, winning the whole thing, and now. This president has totally screwed me. He has failed us again. again. He failed us on the border. He is. He hates Arizona. He really hates Arizona. Do you guys get that? He hates you know Arizona. I, did, who did he? Did he pick? I mean, he had to pick a bracket, right? Did he get uh, any of the other ones right? I mean, does he have Grand Canyon losing or winning? ASU. ASU. I bet he does. You know what? It almost makes me want to become a conspiracy theorist and say that he really did lose the election here. He in might have. He might it have. Maybe Trump me, was right. It's starting to make me feel a little bit better. I might just say that Trump won this election in Arizona. I just saw some of the highlights, man. They were nerds. <laughs> they were nerds. <laughs> Short of wearing goggles. <laughs> 
They're, they're shooting free throws granny style. Oh. Do you think Biden just lost the state of Arizona in 2024? I think he lost in 2020 now. That's what I have to say. <laughs> I'm hopping on the bandwagon. Wow. Yeah. Oh, what a disaster. The U of A loses. Uh, and they are out of the tournament in the first round. Losing to a 15 seed. How humiliating. Huh. Uh, we will go over this later. Man, I, want, I do want to say sucks. this. I know. <laughs> As bad as Biden is at picking winners in March Madness because he picked the Wildcats, Joe Biden does have something to cheer about. The lowest number of migrant encounters for the second month in a row. Still going down. The one change he made on the border with Haiti, Nicaragua, Cuba, Venezuela, if you're from that country, we're turning you right around, you're not allowed in. For the second month... These numbers have gone down. And, I, and it's fascinating. The one policy that he did is working. But, man, he can't pick a basketball game. No. His life depended on it. It's changed since he used to play back when there was just beach passes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up. Tom Horn. Superintendent, superintendent of public construction. You know that teacher snitch line? Well, he's gotten a lot of uh, crank calls. And he has blamed us by name because of it. We'll explain that next on the Gatos and uh, Chad Show.